Hey, all you hot messes. We are back for another episode. And I am Jess Smith, your conductor. And uh, this is Finny. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) She has had enough. She's leaving me at the station. She's going on to the next brew. Because this hot take is gonna be is gonna be one, okay? Uh, teachers, former teachers who are uh, still pretending to be in a classroom. Hopefully, most of my followers know um, I left teaching in February of this year. And I made it a point when I knew, okay, I want to be a full-time content creator. I want to like, I want to really go for this. One of the first things I did was months before I was even able to, I was like, I want to make an active change to move away from just teacher content. Mm -hmm. I was like, at that point, like most of my series were like life as an English, English teacher and British versus American schools. And I was like, okay, but I need to branch away from this because I don't want to be someone that is outside of the classroom still acting like I'm a teacher and only being able to make content that is accessible only for teachers. Yes. Because I was like, I, I don't, I think it's quite like, I think it's quite a bleak thing in your life to be like, my whole role now is that I pretend to be who I once was instead of progressing and moving on. And I think especially like what I do in like the content creation role, part of what you need to be successful is to both have integrity, to stand up for what you believe in and also be accessible and relatable to your audience. Mm -hmm. And a relatability of that is growing with your audience. So it's like, I still have followers that like followed me when I was still a teacher or saw my British first American schools. But it's like, I took the formula for what I created then and was like, okay, rather than just doing British first American schools, I'm going to do England versus America and do things that have nothing to do with teaching and I'm going to do more Disney content because I've already done a few series of my getting Disney things for my classroom and now I can get them for my house instead and just slowly like progress to that and I was like as I did that I was like okay I feel comfortable and confident in doing this to the point where when I announced that I was quitting I had people be like I never even knew you were a teacher and I was like, okay, oh, well, that's quite refreshing. Mission accomplished, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, to me, I think it's so important to do that because I always took the viewpoint of when I was a teacher and even when I was making content and I would go online and I would see people that weren't teachers mm-hmm. making teacher content and pro- like profiting off of that and making that their brand, it would annoy me because I'd be like, you know what? There are teachers actively in the classroom that quite frankly could use the opportunities that you're getting. Yeah. You know, they right. are... They, they're in a position where, you know, they they could have, they could still love teaching or they could have once loved teaching mm-hmm. and they could be thinking, what are my next steps? Or I'm not making enough money doing this. This isn't like long term. I'm not going to be able to do this. And rather than them being able to have those opportunities to be able to like progress and do things that they want to do, it's like you've got someone that's at home, not in a classroom, not struggling and going through all of the things that teachers go through, profiting off of them. And yeah, to me, like right. that, that was my main thing. I was like, I never want to be in a position where I feel like I'm asking the community that I'm from that I've now not moved away from, but have like progressed to the next level where it's like, I'm still very much connected with the teacher community, but I don't want 
to feel make them feel like they need to pay for me to live my dream life outside of the classroom while they're still in the classroom struggling. Right. Because I'm like, I never want my positivity to be dependent on someone else's negativity and suffering. Yeah. And that's that's just where I stand on it. I think to just pretend that you're still teaching when you're not, I'm like, if if you feel like you're in a position where you don't need to be in the classroom anymore and you want to be like a social media celebrity, then that's fine. But be honest with your audience. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I think that's uh, that's a hard thing to do because I think there's a lot of people who do have those audiences and step away from teaching and then are scared that the audience is going to go away. And but that's part of like what you sign up for when you when you leave teaching. You mm-hmm. kind of have to be honest about where you're at. I, I struggle with this one a little bit because I mean I I I'm very honest about <clears throat> I'm very honest about the fact that I've left the classroom and my reasons behind leaving the classroom and I but I still make teacher content yeah. because I you know I work full time for for board teachers and I make teaching videos and that's part of what I do is bring joy or make jokes about the things yeah. that happened in the classroom. I, it, it's, it's a, it's a tough one. I, but again, like if you follow me, you know that I'm out of the classroom. But I think it but, also comes back to that thing of like, it's a hot take, but don't make teaching your entire personality. Yeah. Like if you're right. a teacher and you want to have a social media presence, you don't need to just be a teacher all the time, 24-7. Like, you can share other aspects of your life. Obviously, nothing too personal that mm-hmm. could, like, get you in trouble with your school or your students. But I think it's important to also explore other areas of your life. Who you are, what are your passions, what do you want to do? Right. And I just think for me, like, it comes to the thing of, like, I think a lot of people look at, like, content creation and, like, influencer lifestyle and they just assume that it's black and white. It must be so easy. You just sit around all day, <laughs> pull out a camera, 20 seconds, that's my day, peace now. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> I, like, I will say, I spend, I would say, I try and film Monday through Friday anywhere from four to five videos. And most of my videos are, like, my own ideas, fully scripted, uh-huh. like, the whole thing. And, like, to the point where I will finish filming, like, four or five videos and I will be exhausted. Because yeah. it's not just me, like, talking. It's me, like, projecting, me retaking, like, I'm a perfectionist. Like, it takes a lot of work for what it is. And it's like, I'm constantly looking and evaluating the same way as I did as a teacher with my lessons, Mm -hmm. but with my content and thinking, okay, what went well? What didn't go well? What can I improve? What can I take from this good video? What can I take from this bad video? And learning from that and growing from it. Yeah. And that's where, when I started to make that jump away from teacher content, I was looking and was like, people like the British versus American schools. But wait a minute, why am I restricting myself to just a school? Why don't I do concepts on like maternity leave and England versus America right and things like that and then I challenged myself and in doing that I've grown so much more of a following by just me being me and living my life and not restricting myself to just teacher content right that yeah I had to go through work and I took a dip when I first moved away from teacher content mm-hmm. and it sucked and for like three months I was like I'm done my time in the yeah. sinus I can't I was gonna Jay move to- <laughs> <in the shine. laughs> I was gonna move to this full time and now it looks like it's gonna leave me before right. I've left anything right. else and yeah I went through that 
But now where I'm at, I'm so grateful that I did that and I moved away from it. So when I see other teachers that move to social media mm. and quit the classroom, but still try to present this martyr of, oh, I'm still in the classroom, but I do yeah. all this. It both projects to teachers in the classroom are feeling like, how do you have enough time to do all of this? And makes them feel inadequate because they're not able to have enough time right. to do that. But then it also, I just don't like the whole thing of, oh, I, I need to stay doing this because I need to profit off of the fact that I need to lie to my audience so that they still like me. Right. And that's... And then there's that whole other thing of setting up a classroom yeah. in your, yeah, the, in your the, home. The making a fake classroom in your home. I think that's an extra level. Of like just, I think that's a red flag. I think yes. um, that's when you need to start looking inward and yeah. reflecting on what you're doing. Right. And I... Like, and I will say that I tried in my, in my office that is now going to be our baby's <laughs> room, but like I, I put up the self portraits for my students and I wasn't trying to like set up a classroom. It's just like, honestly, yeah. like it brought, like those things brought me joy. And I, I like thought about it for a little bit and I was like, I feel like this is not, not a great look <laughs> because it, it does. It like it's confusing for people. Like she left teaching, but she looks like she's in a classroom or she's like setting up her office like a classroom. And it's, it's, I, it's I had to take an inward look and say, It's the whole thing of do you want to live in the past? Like, right. do you want to constantly, because I remember when I used to just make teacher videos, I used to be like, right, Adele's got a new song and I really want to do a video about Adele. But then I was like, but it needs to be in the classroom because if it's not in the classroom, it's not going to be pushed because all my audience just want me in a classroom. So then I'd be like, English teachers, when Adele released a new song and try and like push it into this yeah. category. And in doing so, I was limiting myself and getting frustrated in myself. Yeah. So I just feel like... It, it's an it's a no from me. I'm like, once you leave the classroom, like if you still want to make teacher content, do it. But yeah. you know, sprinkle in some bits of your lifestyle, or at least make it very clear to your audience that you're no longer a teacher. Right. Because it's, it's not it's it's not a mystery, or it shouldn't it shouldn't be a mystery to me. If you're a teacher, you've left teaching, and there's probably a reason behind the fact that you've left teaching. Like, don't make that a mystery or something. People are like, wait. Is she teaching? Is she, is she not teaching? Like, what's going on? And and like, we're literally in a generation now where we're not our parents' generation. They get one job and are in that job for 40, 50 years. Right. We are right. now like, we're looking, we're developing new skills, new technologies are coming mm -hmm. out. And it's like, at the end of the day, if you go into teaching and then a few years in, you think, right, I like this, I love this, but I'm getting burnt out. I can't see myself doing this for any longer than right. five years. There is no shame in starting to look into different careers, aspects, paths. Absolutely, yeah. And learn skills. And, you know, if... One of those skills is I'm going to make some, I really like making videos online and I want to see where it goes. And yeah. you, you manage to develop a following. There's no shame in pursuing that. And I think that's like, I think that's part of the thing of leaving the classroom too, where there is the shame yeah. of leaving the classroom. And there's there's no shame in it. And I you found something that you were really, really passionate about. You are really, really passionate about. You're very good at it. And... I, you know, for me, I couldn't be in the classroom and be passionate about being a mom the way that I wanted to be a mom. So I had to. Yeah. There, and there, there is kind of a sense of shame in the, in leaving or not being a part or in the trenches anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, I absolutely understand people's, people's opinions on that. And 
she shouldn't be like yeah. I shouldn't like some people think that I shouldn't be making videos about teachers because I'm not teaching anymore. Um, it is part of my job and it's part of what I do. I love bringing joy and making people laugh. But I also think it goes hand in hand with like as much as people think that like content creation and social media is so like easy and you must just have to quickly do this and it must just come really naturally mm -hmm. to you. It's like there are certain skills that take more than just being able to learn the skill. Yeah, it right. takes like you have to have a certain degree of natural ability to be able to do it. Right. Like, not everyone can be a teacher, but not everyone can be a content creator either. Yeah. And I think it's that thing where if your skill set is you are a teacher and you've got skills to be in a content creator and you're like, I want to merge the two together, then by all means do that. But yeah. it's when people are like trying to create the illusion of, oh, I have like a school that I like can go to and like pretend that I work there yeah. to make everyone think this. And then months later come out, oh, oh no, I quit months ago. Like what? And it's like, <laughs> no, you didn't announce that. And now you're trying to backtrack because everyone's noticing that you're not in a classroom anymore. Right. I just think, like, you know, it goes to that thing of, like, be authentic. If you want to be, like, do whatever you want to do, live your best life, but don't lie to your audience because that's mm -hmm. what's going to lead to your own cancellation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, it's hot this week. Hot this week is chill parents. Oh, love you, chill parents. Uh, I'm like, I'm just gonna say this now. There are so many times whenever it comes to like teachers online and the like natural dialogue around teaching is this like notion that all parents suck, all parents. Yes. Like, and I'm like, there are so many good parents Amazing out there. Amazing parents, yeah. And and it's like, I feel like parents are the same as teachers in the sense of just naturally as a society, people just shame parents. Yeah. And um, because it's just like, oh well, all parents aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Right. Whereas it's like, there are so many parents that I noticed that, you know, you would call up and you'd be like, yo, your child did this. And they would be like instantly on it and they would be there for you and they wouldn't argue with you. They would just turn up like the parents that like turn up to every teacher parent conference yeah. and would just be there like listening, ready to go and be like, right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Okay. We've like made a yeah. plan. Like, I think my favorite parents are the parents that are just so chill down to earth and like when it comes to like speaking about their child they recognize the fact that it's a community effort you yes. and them working in balance for mm. the child and not you versus them yes this is so this is actually something that i kind of feel shame for always admitting is that i never really had a bad i maybe had one bad experience with a parent like in throughout my nine years of teaching that one I've had so many amazing chill parents who are just like, parent, all parents aren't that bad. And, and it, I also feel like, and this is like another hot take in this oh, first in here. Oh, okay. But I feel like it sounds really bad. Okay. But I feel like parents are more likely to be negative and controversial with a female teacher than a male teacher. In my experience, I would have female colleagues say, be careful of that student's parent. They were awful last year. They would cuss me out. They would do this. They wouldn't help. I would call them up. They would be the <laughs> nicest person imaginable. No issue whatsoever. And I would be like, what? That makes no sense. Because it's like... Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, at that point, I was a new teacher. And if someone in like their fifth or sixth year saying like, oh, like they were really controversial. Right. Like, they were really confrontational. And I'd be like, I've never experienced that. 
And it's like, I see that time and time again. When I speak to my female colleagues when I was teaching, they would all have a significantly higher volume of negative parent interactions than I would as a male teacher. Interesting. So I think that is definitely a point for discussion as to yeah. the mentality behind teachers as a whole and why there are like so many negative parent-teacher interactions associated with it. Int- ooh. I, I love the little that, hot take. That's a hot you, take for another day. Like, hot take within the hot or not? Like I, I, just, I don't agree with that. Oh, I think that's no, no, ridiculous. No. But no, no, no. That's just something that I noticed throughout my own experiences teaching. That's interesting. I don't know that I would notice that as much in elementary school since it's normally dominated by <laughs> female teachers. But oh yeah, I'm like I, in I, high school. Yeah. yeah. I bet it's and a little bit more. And that's the thing, like, in high schools, it's very much like the male teachers are always seen as the more chill teachers right. where there's not oh. as many, like, confrontations and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's why I just stuck with elementary. Mm-mm. It's not. Not going to bother. All right. Okay. So what's not? What's not this week? And then what's not this week, We any person that has stepped foot in a classroom will agree with this, observations. <laughs> <laughs> Raise your hand if you have ever been victimized by an observation. <laughs> I have never, I, I think my amount of times I've came out of an observation feeling good is probably a 5% or under. I feel what? like. Every, really? I don't think I, I think I had like one, maybe two observations that I felt like the stars aligned and it went perfectly. Every other observation, I'm like, I was tense. I had dry mouth. I speak a lot when I'm like nervous. So then I'm just talking like pure nonsense. Sweating through your blazer. And then, like, even in the observation notes, they're like, you said this, but I didn't really know what that meant. And I was like, mate, neither did I. I'm I'm like, I. Like, I would literally say, I blacked out. I don't even remember what I'm saying <laughs> at one point. Wow. I just think the amount of stress and anxiety that observations cause causes, I don't think it's worth it. And I I personally feel like observations would work significantly better if it, like, I think it's controversial, but I think if people in a department, like, observed you or your head of department was the one doing the observation, at least. I would absolutely agree with that, actually. I think it would be beneficial for people in your building to see how you run your classroom and for you to see how they run their classroom. And that way it's less on the principal's plate too. And then that way as well, it comes back to that thing of like, you have a principal that's been out of the classroom for five years. Like I had it, especially in like the hybrid year in the Mm. pandemic where someone would come in while I'm doing hybrid kids online, kids in person, giving me their opinion. And I'm like, you literally got out of this before the pandemic even happened and you're going to tell me what I've done wrong when you don't even understand how badly this pandemic has impacted yeah. these students' abilities to learn. Right. So, and while yeah. you're trying to juggle all of the plates of like online and in the classroom and then yeah. also this person sitting in the back that is judging you constantly. Yeah. So yeah. I think observations are a no. That's a not. Yeah. I think that's always a not. Just now stop. On US versus UK. We have the school calendar. I'm not feeling good about this one. (laughs) Oh, no. The US should not feel good about this at all. (laughs) I do not feel good about this one. Okay, so in the US, we 
um, I feel like the majority of schools at this point have the same type of calendar where we get off certain weeks for uh, that are around holidays or um, we have the eight weeks off for summer. Mm-hmm. And that's that's typically the way that our school calendar works. Um, and I feel like it's built around <laughs> um, parents' schedules and not what's best for the education of children. Um, so, <laughs> speaking of what's best for <laughs> children, what? How do they? How do they run the school calendar so in the UK? The UK, and this is for most schools in the UK. They basically do it where they do three main terms, and each term is split into a half term. So you have the winter term the spring term and the summer term. I think like the winter is technically autumn still, but it's like the autumn to winter term is basically the same thing. The it's, autumnal winter. Yeah, that's yeah. the <laughs> longest one. Like that's the one where when you're going into teaching, you're like, this is <sighs> long. Okay. But even then, I think the longest run that we would have is about seven, maybe eight weeks at the absolute max, but it's usually seven. Okay. And how it would work is, um, and I know most schools have started to like, they were starting to transition when I was still in England, where the first half term would be a two-week break. So you would start school, have seven weeks, two weeks off in October, and then you'd have like another seven or eight weeks. Okay. And then Christmas, two weeks off. And then after that, most of the other half terms are six-week intervals. Where you'd be like six weeks, one week off, six weeks, two weeks off for Easter, six weeks, one week off, and then six weeks, and then you have six weeks off for summer. So the longest term you would ever have, like in school consistently, was probably about seven, eight weeks at the absolute max. But then throughout those breaks, you also have things like bank holidays and like random like days off here and there say, as well. I was going to say, okay. Because we get the random Mondays off. So there would be like times where you'd look at the calendar and you'd be like, right, I have a six week half term. Oh, but we have a bank holiday there, there and there. And you'd be like looking at it and you'd be like, oh my gosh, we only have like two full weeks for this entire yeah. like six week half term. Yeah. So like as a teacher, you're like, okay, this is a lot easier for me to like plan around. Right. And because you have those half terms, because our exams are based off of like the different sections, you'd be like, right, this half term is specifically for this oh. one text and then you'd switch and then you'd switch versus here I had it at one school we had I think it was either 12 or 13 weeks before a break (laughs) and I will never forget by week 12 I was like I am foaming at the mouth the light inside of me has died I am working effortlessly to try and get these kids to do anything. You're trying to get yourself to do anything. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, they don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I've done all of the standards over and over again to the point of oblivion. Yeah. And I have three weeks left. We've done all our end of unit texting and I need to drag this on for even longer. Right. I, yeah. I feel like the, the UK... Uh, school calendar is a lot more beneficial not not just for students but for teachers as well to do that planning because you're right like there is that 12 weeks and I think that I would count when we start school up until um, December break as like probably the longest part of teaching because you may get like a week off and like a few yeah. days of Thanksgiving, but like that's a few about days it. for Thanksgiving. I know some people get off a week, but I we always just got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Did you even get like the half term in the middle where you'd have like a week off and like no. ten or 11? oh yeah, that's 
<laughs> no. So we would start we would start Labor Day um, at the beginning of September and then go up until Thanksgiving. And then then and then like it's three days off and yeah. then and it's not even days off because Thanksgiving <laughs> is the most stressful because you have to go to family gatherings and well, like and I know a few um, like American schools have trialed it out where they'll do like because in Arizona most of the schools I was at would do it where we would go back I think like July okay and we'd be there till Christmas but you'd get like a week off probably in about October somewhere okay so it's like similar ish to like England but like in England you go back in September so there's a few less weeks and then um, some schools are starting to do it where they'll have two weeks off so they'll take a week off of when you're on your summer break and instead we'll be like right you have two weeks off in October two in December and then two in like March and then May you have eight weeks off instead of ten yeah which I think is more beneficial because it's like when these students are off for like eight to ten weeks I'm like that's a lot of time to be switched off of doing school teaching those kids that are going into that eight to ten week break yeah <laughs> Like at that point, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting like... Me <laughs> teaching? Uh-uh. Go outside. Let's go outside, everyone. But I think it says a lot more about, like, where America's at in terms of just, like, PTO and time off. Like, Oh, my gosh. Because in mm-hmm. England, it's mandated. Like, most people get six weeks off a year. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's like, what is the national average in America? Like, oh, some companies whoa. don't even have to do a bare minimum. Yeah. And it's like... We don't even, like, I. we're not required for maternity leave. Yeah, so it's like some companies or can be like, leave. oh, you know what, we're going to give you two weeks PTO. And people are like, oh, wow, that's so much. And I'm like, I look at that and I'm like, I would never, like, even in England, part-time workers get PTO. Like What? When my wife used to visit me in England, I used to be like, why don't you just take, why don't you just put in for a holiday? Like, why are you worried about losing out on money? And she was like, I don't get holidays. I'm a part-time worker. I'm like, so the part-time means that you lose any benefits and that you're no longer a person. You're just... You have zero benefits. Yeah, which to me, like, blows my mind. And as well, part-time workers in England... So basically, say you're scheduled for 15 hours a week, yeah. but you always work 25 hours. Yeah. When you take a week off, when you take like your two or three days, whatever it is, you get paid the average rate based on your overtime. So even though you're only contracted 15 and you get five and a half, six weeks, whatever it is, off, you get paid the same as if you did that overtime. So you don't have to be like, oh no, I'm taking a holiday, I'm losing money, because it's you gain it based on how much overtime you're doing, which then pays into it. I'm like, versus here, it's like, okay, you know, um, you may be about to keel over and die, but can you come to work first? Right, like- <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god. And I think that's bled into the education system right. because they're like, oh, well, we can't do all this because parents don't get the time off to look after yeah. the kids. No, absolutely. And I think that's what it what it is all around is the parent's schedule And that's not the parents' fault. That's just the way that we have built our society in America. God save the king. (laughs) I also think that's why. Like, I've heard so many teachers that are on the cusp of wanting to quit. Yeah. And literally being like, I cannot do this anymore. But the one thing, the one thing keeping them going is the fact that they're like, but if I I get a full-time job somewhere else, like, I'm only going to get one, two weeks off a year instead of like. you start over. You start over. And I think that's like, that's just an issue in and of itself. That's another. So yeah, I'd say on this one. um, God save the king. They don't call it Great Britain for nothing. (laughs) Gosh.
All right, we are now on to uh, the part of the podcast where we get to uh, rant for 30 seconds about something that really grinds our gears. All right, I'll start this one out again (laughs) because I can never, ever follow you. Go ahead. Okay, Jess, your topic is people who don't drink coffee and brag about it. This is not an accomplishment. I have no reason why you are telling me that you don't drink coffee and it's something to be proud of. You're sad probably. Coffee is amazing. It's the lifeline for my every morning. It's why I get up every morning. Good for you that you don't like coffee and that you don't need it. Cool. Have a, have a tea. I don't want tea. That's gross. I'm going to have a real person drink and have a coffee. When American TV shows or movies have a British person but make their character obnoxiously British... I'm just like, I'm being real with you when I say I have seen the same actors that are actually British in American TV shows and movies, and they are putting on a different accent than they actually have in England. Instead of being like, oh, you're right, mate, they're like, oh, top of the morning to you. And they always insist on making them say bloody. Oh, I'm just so bloody exhausted today. Are you really? You are literally not from Kent. You are from Essex, mate. So chill and stop staying around going, oh, yes, I just have tea and crumpets with the Queen. No, you don't, mate. You're common. Get with it. I had no idea that this was like it's such something a thing. to be mad about. I, I'm like, and this is the thing. It's even like, <laughs> you watch the Late Late Night Show with, like, the Late 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 Night Show with James Corden, whatever yes. it's called. And he puts on a more proper English accent than he ever did in England. Like, literally, he'll be on here and he'll be like, <gasps> good evening and welcome to the Late Late Night Show. And then you'll see him in England and he'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. And I'm just like, what? Why? An imposter. Because it, it, like, furthers this stereotype that all British people have, like, a really proper British accent. And I'm like, that doesn't happen. Because then when I see people and I'm like, I'm from England, they're like, oh, are you from England? And I'm like, yeah, what part of America are you from, mate? (laughs) Dallas. Shout out, Dallas. <laughs> I do love me a bit of Dallas. Uh, I know you do. I know you do. I'm not going to lie. The Dallas airport, not the one I came from. There's a different one. Oh, my gosh. They have this, like, made-to-order service where you can get Kijobo, order it off the flight, pick it up, go to your, like, transfer. Oh, it's stunning. <laughs> <laughs> they are living in the future. Okay, our last segment for this show is where we highlight people in education that do not get enough credit for what they do every single day. Uh, Today, we're going to highlight something that is not uh, a group of people that are not talked about enough, and that's good admin. I had really, really great admin um, throughout my teaching experience, and... I have to say it changed my entire way that I viewed teaching. I didn't leave bitter when I left teaching. I didn't leave bitter. I I was kind of sad and I was almost sad to tell them that I was leaving. They were always super, super supportive. Like when I had to leave for doctor's appointments because I was pregnant and they, they understood. And it's just good admin. You're out there. I know that admin... Edmunds get. I think it's get that yeah, bad. Into it's the very stick much sometimes. like it's a common theme, and it's like you know, at the end of the day, I feel like quite a lot of people put a lot more 
on admin than they can because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, you're the admin. You're in charge of this school. And it's like, well, actually, technically, the district office is in charge of them and anything they want to do. Like, I, I remember having, like, admin where I'm like, I could see clearly what was them and what was being made. Right. Oh, yeah. Of yeah, them. yeah. And oh, yeah. I think that doesn't get said enough that, like, I think I, I look at it as admin is, like, the figurehead. And really, they're the middleman between yeah, they're, they're, they're the district the, and the, the teachers. Face. Yeah, like you know, it's like you know, you have the president, and everyone's like, the president's in charge of all this, but he's the face. He's they're not. the whole <laughs> lot behind that man. That's yeah. like making him be able to. He can't just turn around tomorrow and be like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, right? Because there's like all of these people behind him that has to like approve it, right? And it's like it's the same thing for admin, and I mm-hmm. think not enough people like say that so instead it's just like the common thing to be like let's just crap yeah, on let's, admin yeah let's like, group them all together and yeah. make them feel really really bad about themselves but uh good admin are out there and i know that um a lot of you have some supportive admin um so thank you for what you do and how you see and try and help teachers where where you can it's very much appreciated all right i think that's it are you done i'm done are you i'm done <laughs> You want to go get some lunch? Oh, stunning. <laughs> what <are> we getting? <laughs> okay, this has been an episode <laughs> of the Hobbit Teacher Express. Please make sure that you follow us on all of our socials. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, the Hot Mess Teacher Express. And yeah, we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Choo-choo-choo. Choo-choo. <laughs>